0: are now tuning in to the Mind Body podcast, where you will go behind the scenes of how the mind of successful entrepreneurs, experts, and true leaders really works. Here you won't just listen, you will understand the guiding principles to create massive change in any area of your life. And of course, this podcast is hosted by the strong, lovely, with the sexy Jewish accent, Lidor Dayan! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Mind Body Podcast. I'm your host, Lidor Dayan, and what an interview I had for you today. The man I had to speak with is actually the real deal. No bullshit, no censored, and you will definitely want to hear secrets from him. The only secret he might give you is to get your ass up the chair and do the walk. He is the CEO of First Form Supplement Company and also the host of the popular MFCEO podcast, which stands for motherfucking CEO. (laughs) You can call him entrepreneur, coach, leader, or whatever you want to call him, but in his humble perspective, he is just a regular guy. He is Andy Frisella. Andy and I had a very interesting interview. And I really tried to go deep with him with the little time that we had. And I believe that you will get a lot of life value from his principle and through the psychological aspect that I shared along the way. So without further ado, let's begin the interview. So first of all, I want to thank you very, very much uh, for being uh, on my podcast. Really honored to have you here. So I thank you for that, man. Uh, it's really been amazing seeing uh, your progress over the years. Uh, I had some time that I, I, I remember I watched a little bit about your MFCO, your podcast, your journey, your weight loss journey, which is also really amazing to see. So I would like to start with a little bit about your background for the people that da- don't uh, really know who Andy Frisella is. So if you can please share with us. Yeah, man, thank you. You know, I'm an
1: entrepreneur, um, grew up middle-class, um, started my first business selling baseball cards, snow cones, bat, uh, light bulbs, door-to-door, um, you know, I was a below average student, uh, when I became, uh, an adult, I started a company that sold uh, vitamins and sports nutrition products called supplement superstores stores with literally $12,000, I mean, dude, it, it was really, really hard to get that up and running. Uh, the first three years, I never made any money. But the, the next seven years, I got $695 a month. Um, that company finally turned into another company and another company and another company. And now uh, we're on pace for uh, $200 million plus in 2018, for sure. Um, and you know, that's, this is all of lessons and everything that we do has evolved into a personal brand uh, Uh, Top-rated business podcast, uh, one of the highest paid speakers on the speaking circuit right now. Um, So yeah, man, it's just, uh, you know, I just try to share with people the experiences that I've had uh, over my entire life so that they can learn uh, and accelerate their success on a much quicker scale.
0: The, The beautiful thing here is that you said that for over seven years... You've made no more than $700, right? So many people, oh, like n- 99% of people would just quit and say, wow, well, what's going on here? Something is wrong. So what kept you going for such a long, long time and stay persistent when you see no results, nothing. Nothing is working. So what, what, what is it for you? What was the, the vision, the, the big thing that you always saw? Dude,
1: you know, to be honest, um, it was all ahead. I had. I didn't have another option, so I didn't have uh, I didn't have another job to go to. I didn't have a college degree. Um, I, I preferred what I was doing rather than doing physical labor jobs. Um, and to be honest, man, like people like to think it's like that. I had this extreme internal drive, which I do. But at that point in my life, I hadn't developed it yet. And what really kept me going was just lack of other options. So now what that's translated to is a situation where now when I have all the options in the world, I still try to cultivate a zero options mentality in everything I do because the reason people quit and the reason people fail and the reason people fall off um, from something that might eventually work is because they, they are impatient. When they get impatient, they start looking around for other opportunities and other things that they could do that they perceive might be a quicker path to success. And the truth of it is, is that every time you leave something that you're on and try to run to a quicker path, all you're really starting over from the beginning. And uh, that people repeat that over and over and over again. So one of the concepts that I talk about is how to cultivate a, a mentality of having this zero options even when you are successful because it's going to keep you hungry it's going to keep you moving and it's going to keep you progressing which you know those are all things that are required
0: you believe in all or nothing mentality like if you go into something you go all out
1: um i think that there are obviously exceptions to that rule right Like, like uh People when I say that people are always going to say well, what about this and what about that and they're going to come up with these You know these ideas that are on the fringe That are exceptions, but the reality is, is if you want to grow um, a successful company There are going to be times in your life where that's all all you can do you're, you're not going to have time for personal relationships. You're not going to have time for socializing You're not going to have time for all this stuff and people like the point of balance. They say well, what about Living a balanced life, well balance isn't determined based on what you do uh, through the course of one day. You know, a lot of people say, well, I get up, I go to work, I come home, then I got time for family, okay? And they split up their balance on a daily basis. Whereas I feel most successful people understand that balance is a lifetime scale. So you might go two or three or five years where you're going all in on your business, but then, after that time, you cultivate the opportunity to have total freedom to do whatever you want, whenever you want, with whoever you want. And so, I put the perception um, if you're trying to be financially successful, needs to be realigned over your life, not on a daily basis.
0: And, and did you have that exactly. se- self-belief from the beginning that you started this? Because I believe this is the core principle of everything. If you believe in yourself or whatever you do, automatically you influence all other people around you.
1: Um, I agree with that 100%. But I, you know, to be honest, looking back, you know, the first 10 years I struggled, I wasn't giving it all I could have given. Um, I, didn't, I didn't understand or comprehend what it was going to take. What I thought I was doing everything, but I but now that I look back, I, I'm like, dude, I wasn't hardly doing anything. So, you know, we go through a process of discovering what we really have to give, you know, as entrepreneurs. And I think uh, a lot of us, uh, me included, obviously, when we first set out, we think we're giving it our all. Because what we're doing is we're giving it our all based around what we've observed from other people. Mm-hmm. So when we see our moms, our dads, our aunts, our uncles going to work, coming at home at five and being able to, you know, barbecue and hang out and do all the cool family shit, we perceive that as giving it our all. And um, it wasn't till I was about seven years into the company uh, where I figured out that it was literally going to take everything I had from when I woke up to when I went to bed. And I spent probably four years like that where I was just seriously consumed with everything in my business and uh, building the systems, understanding what I was doing, cultivating a good network of people to help me in our culture. Um, And then when my head came up from those four years, uh, we were doing good, you know? And now I have a culture that's in place where I have employees, I have people, and a lot of those guys, they can help replicate that message and model so it's not all you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so I think you're going to go through periods of literally um, you know, if you talk about it on hourly scale, but the mental concept of, of all in, like you're doing everything you can all the time, going. it should last your entire entrepreneurial career. So like even though I might be at the gym, or even though I might be Uh, out driving one of my cars or at my farm, you know, driving a tractor or on vacation. My mind is still always focused on certain things about business. It might not be right here in front of me, but it's going on in the background. You know, I'm always in it. And, uh, you know, that's good and bad, right? Like, you know, certain people can't live like that. I I personally couldn't live any other way. So, um, you know, everybody's different how they
0: can navigate the entrepreneurial system but that's how I operate. I think most of us uh, I can say for myself maybe a lot will align with it when we are in our 20s we think we know it all and we're like uh, really oh. like uh, I'm 26 so I always like yeah, yeah I know what to do I don't need help so the more I experience life the more I need to listen more be quiet and actually Learn from the people that already did it for 16, 20, 30 years because uh, right. you will need help. So I'm in a point in my life, I, I do. I do need uh, help. I do know that my current habits are not uh, going to change overnight. Okay. And I do know that uh, some stuff that I do are not really aligned to my goals. But the more I think we are okay with being human beings, that we are going to make mistakes, we are going to fail. And from those failures, from those obstacles we get through life, that eventually we can make that vision, whatever we want, into reality. And I believe every person has a different journey. You have your own, I have my own, everybody has a different journey. But you gotta discover for yourself what is your journey. Because you can learn everything, but just knowledge is not enough. You gotta put the action, you gotta do the walk. And the more you do the walk along the years, and you you understand it's gonna take time, right? So eventually, you yeah. became an overnight success.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think one of my biggest things that I talk about is being okay with not having all the answers and understanding that you don't know everything. Um, a lot of people's egos will not let them do that, especially CEO-type uh, personalities they have such a hard time letting other people see them as vulnerable because they don't know everything and I think that holds a lot of people back, you know, and a lot of people will break out of it and their businesses will suffer forever because they can't they can't be okay with not knowing the answer. Um, great CEOs, guys who build 9-figure brands, 10-figure brands, okay? They always understand to surround themselves with people that are smarter than them. They understand to how to build a team that creates better answers than what they can come up with themselves. And that takes humility. Okay? We account ourselves and say, you know what? I don't know all those things. And I don't know the answers to everything. But I'm going to be smart enough to recognize that I don't know. And I'm gonna be smart enough to go out and find people that do know so much about this particular area and this particular area and then another person for this area and another person for this area to where you're surrounded by people who can advise you and make you successful, they make you look very smart. But um, the truth of it is is that, you know, answers are really a collaboration of different pieces of different advices. And you put them all together, and that's my job. My job is to take a piece of this idea, and a piece of that idea, and a piece of this idea, and a piece of that idea, and to put them all together, and to make them into something that works. You know, and none of those pieces could have—they could none of them might have been my idea. You understand? Mm-hmm. So a lot of that, that takes tremendous humility. Um, and I think people—people people think. That humility has to do with, like, being meek or being modest. They think that if you're humble, you have to be quiet. You have to not be flashy. You have to not uh, uh, spend money or like making money. And that really has nothing to do with it. What humility truly is, is understanding that you, as a person, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what your experiences are, you are no better than any other person and you are no smarter than any other person and recognize that the best idea that, that you might ever have come from the guy who sweeps your floors and, and and if you're not like that you lose the ability to learn so like what you said when you're not 20 and we know everything well when you think you know everything it's impossible to learn anything you know what i mean so we get in a situation where we're constantly um we're constantly looking uh to ourselves for all, all the answers when the answers might be very clear if we could just admit to ourselves that we don't know
0: i think we we have a lot of uh, social condition uh, around the world like you see a lot of us on a daily basis we we either influence them or we get influenced by them and you see it from the little stuff like i give you an example if you are in the elevator uh, usually people don't really talk to each other in the elevator, right? They just like stay quiet. And even if they talk before, if somebody come, then they become quiet. So we've been conditioned socially to react in certain way and then it's automatically get into reaction mode. So how did you get out of this reaction mode? Dude, uh, that's a good
1: question. I've never been asked that question before. Um, I just, I don't think I ever, I ever really too much uh, validity to society's accepted uh, customs or or the norms. Uh, I've never been someone that kept my opinion quiet. Uh, I've never been quiet at all. Um, So I don't, I don't know, I have to think about that because that's, I, I tend to think that I was always like that, but, uh, but I definitely think that more, the more self-aware I become, the more that way I went. So maybe I wasn't always this way, to this degree, but I always had it in me at some level, if that makes sense.
0: Talking about awareness, uh, I want to take you back one year ago. You were overweight. You lost over 100 pounds so far, which yeah. is amazing for itself. So what made you that shift in your brain? Because a lot of people that overweight, I used to be a personal trainer, so they are consciously about the weight, right? But still they don't make the change. So I wanna know exactly what make people that was overweight make the change. So I can influence other people do as well. So what was it for you that shifted your brain and you actually understood it in your heart, not intellectually?
1: I think that comes down to tolerance. Um, I think you have a certain level of tolerance of what you're willing to tolerate with yourself. And once that level is expired, just like a gas tank on your car, it's gotta change. And uh, I personally was just sick of, of being fucking fat. I was just sick of looking at myself. I didn't like the pictures I was, that I was in. I didn't like videos I was in. I I felt like a fraud because I was getting paid to speak to people about improving their lives and I was 100 pounds overweight. Uh, all of those things kind of just came together and I realized that I like, dude, if I was ever going to build my companies and my brand the way that I needed to build it, then I had to make a change. And that was enough pressure for me to do it. Um, I, I personally, I say this to the guys here at the office, dude, I didn't realize how... How overweight I was you know nobody ever tells someone hey you're fucking fat bro like they say shit like oh dude you know you look okay or you know it's not that bad you're just a big guy mm-hmm. And they tell you all these things and you listen because that's what you want to hear um, and eventually I just looked at myself and I said no man they're all fucking lying you're fat as shit you need to lose weight and that's it you know and once I was able to click that over Um, it changed immediately, you know, uh, that's one good thing about me personally is once I get my mind made up on something, it's made up and it happens. So, um, I think it just came down to me seeing enough of myself in a negative way. Uh, you know, seeing myself speak, seeing myself on video, not being able to do the things that I wanted to do comfortably in front of a camera, uh, in front of people. And, uh, Dude, I think it just all came to a head, man. And I said, fuck this, I'm not doing it
0: anymore. And that was it. I think it's about embracing reality plus getting into your threshold. Because every moment, every successful uh, person that I ever study or I had the chance to speak with, have some sort of a threshold of moment in their life, in that particular area, that they had enough. Like, when we get to this enough is enough, then you got, okay, this is must change. And the moment you shift it, like for you, you know right now that if you look at a cake or something that you want to eat, then you think about all this fucking journey along this year that you had to train, that you had to sweat, all this in order to lose those 100 pounds. So you have a lot of pain, so you will never go back to this journey again, right? So I think it's, yeah. it's a must, like for some of us, we need to go broke in order to understand that, okay, this must change. So for many people that are still afraid or not doing something they want, they need to find obstacles, they need to find problems. This is why I came to America. I knew that if I stay in Israel, it's my safety zone. No, I want to come big. I want to think big. I want to dream big. So I came alone. I came with nothing. I'm all, all, all over one year so far. I still have fears. I still have doubt, but. I just can't live there anymore. i got to put myself on the life. i got to do.
1: Bro, you're... Listen. Having fears and having doubts is part of being a successful entrepreneur. It's part of it. I have fears every day. I have doubts every day. Dude, I make more money in a fucking week than most people make in fucking uh, 10 years, okay? You're always going to have... You're always going to have fears and doubts. It's how you use them is what matters. You know, people think that they can get to a point where they're going to stop being fearful. It's not. It never happens. The minute you get like that is the minute that everything comes crumbling down. So the fact that you have the fear, the fact that you have the doubt, that's okay. It's just how you use it to fuel your productive action. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like, I learned this. I learned this back whenever. We were we were literally on the borderline of going out of business, and there was nothing. I, I can remember. I remember exactly the day I figured this out. We 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 didn't we didn't have money to pay bills. We didn't, I didn't. Nothing was working. So I I was sitting in the store, and I'm like, what can I do? What can I do to fix this right now? And I couldn't think of anything to fix it. You know, the world is crashing down. We owed like $10,000, which we had at like $200. Okay. Um, everything, you know, I'm saying, oh God, we're going to fail. Things are going to go out of business. And I thought to myself, I'm like, what can, what can I do now? Like, what can I do right this minute to make a difference? And, and I got in my car, I got a bunch of shaker cups and t-shirts and, and giveaway stuff. I drove around to all the police and fire stations. I went in and I shook their hands, introduced myself, gave, you know, told them what we did, gave them a t-shirt, a shake or whatever I could give them. And I did that for like six hours. When I came home, I felt better. I didn't have anxiety, I didn't have uh, the fear. I said, I could look myself in the mirror and I said, dude, I did everything I could do today to make things better. And I learned that, that fear is a very good thing. Propeller for you to go into action and I learned that in, in a very simple way and then Ever since then now, now every time I feel scared. Or I feel doubts. Or I feel fear You know what I do I go do something that's gonna fix the problem no matter how weird or small or Insignificant it sounds Because that's the only thing that will relieve it temporarily. You see what I'm saying.
0: I believe this is can be your biggest fuel in life because I, I think we all know uh, when we do our best each and every single day and when we don't. And we can't bullshit ourselves. We know what to do, right? And when we have the fear and we let us fuel us, we feel alive. But when we don't use the fear and we let it limit us, we do crazy shit. And I can tell for myself, I did crazy shit, stupid stuff. So we get really stupid as human when we don't face those fears. So, uh, being okay with fear and actually uh, see it as a friend. I remember I, I uh, interviewed a guy and he told me I see fear like my children. So I don't yell at my children, but I, I, I speak with them quietly. I speak with them okay. Then eventually the fear is okay with me.
1: Yeah, I like that, man. I like that.
0: And I never thought about that way. But I think there's,
1: you know, you've just got to figure out how to make it work for you.
0: And another good example you said, you ask yourself, how can I fix it? And this is the one of the n- number one keys nominators for successful people because they ask themselves better questions. Because I believe the quality of your life is the quality of your communication with yourself. If you ask yourself lousy questions, like if you would ask yourself, oh my God, fuck God, why did you do this to me? So you will not get a better answer, right? So... <laughs> so... Yeah, that's what people do, and they wonder why nothing is working. When shit goes bad,
1: they blame it on something else. They say, oh, God, you you hate me. They say, oh, the government screwed me, or my boss hates me. When in reality, they should say, why am I fucking up? Why is bad shit happening to me? What am I doing to cause this? And those are the right questions, because I have always found, and I think you would agree... That when you look at yourself as the source of, your, of everything else, you start to realize that you're in control.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you
1: learn that you're in control, you learn that when you make better decisions, better shit happens. And now you're powerful. Now you're in a position to build. So it all starts with looking and blaming yourself for all the shit that you don't like in your life.
0: I, everything comes from that, right? I always tell people: uh, look at your your brain like a Google. When you go to Google, you type something, you get answer, right? So the same, like if you ask yourself stupid question, you get answer from your brain. It will tell you, ah, why you do this? Because you've been stupid. In 1998, you did this, this, and this crap. So the more you actually learn to ask yourself quality question, you communicate with yourself better. And like you said, there is a thing uh, called the target of control. Because you're, there is only one thing we all can control is, which is ourselves, our emotion. And if we can manage our emotions, we can master our life. And I used to think, believe, like ah, I need to master it like in a day or two or a week. But it's a journey, it's just like you don't go to the gym and you lose 100 pounds overnight. So mastering skill is a decade, is it takes time. Absolutely. Yes, it's the
1: fitness and business success are almost exactly the same process. It's day by day by day, minute by minute by minute. The only difference is, is that, that business success usually takes 10 times as long as fitness success or 100 times as long. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So and it's hard for people to, you know, just like whenever someone's 100 or 200 pounds overweight, it's hard for them to see themselves two years down the road when they've lost all that weight. So when, it's just the same event business. When you're in business and you're broke and it's hard and you're you're fucking scared shitless every day, it's hard to see yourself as somebody who's escaped that ten years down the road and is now inspiring other people to 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 improve their lives. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, the biggest thing that people lack is vision, in my opinion. They, they, they don't have the vision and they, they don't work on ingraining their vision into themselves day by day, day by, by day until it becomes reality.
0: Yeah, because some point in your life, all you will have is just your imagination, what you see inside. Because every successful people, whatever we see around, It started with their imagination. It started something inside and they took it outside. So once you take it outside, eventually it's going to become real, but it's a process, it's a journey. And if you are okay with that, that it's not going to take one year and you're okay, step inside of it and willing to do the work for a decade, two decades, three decades, four decades, then eventually you will make this thing happen. But if you think it's like, okay, one year, no. I want I wanted There's to no
1: question, that's true.
0: I wanted to take you back a little bit because I know you had the moment in your life that you you almost face death right so yeah. so can you show with us if you want of course
1: uh, yeah man I think it, it's you know it's probably a pivotal probably the most pivotal point in my life um, in 2003 uh, I got in a uh, I got attacked by someone and got stabbed uh, in the face um, and in the back so three times in the face once in the back Um, I I almost died right there like that night Uh, but that wasn't even the bad part the bad part was what happened afterwards where everywhere I went People looked at me weird, or looked at me different, and that caused—you um, can't hide facial damage like that. You know, it's not like you wear a shirt and cover it. So every single person that met me would uh, would or either look at the ground, or they would they would say, "Hey, dude, like, what the fuck happened to your face?" And they and and because they were shocked, and um, I mean. Now it's much better, but you know, when it happened, my face was swelled up like the size of a grapefruit for almost a year. And, um, and dude, I went into serious depression. You know, I was working in a retail store where uh, I dealt with people all day long. Um, Everywhere I went, I got asked about it or I got people that wouldn't look at me or wouldn't talk to me. Um, And, and you know, dude, I thought my life was pretty much over, you know? I didn't think I would ever meet uh, any girls I didn't think I'd be able to be successful in this because of how fucked up my face was um, and, you know, all this shit.
0: But you, you see know? how much, I'm sorry to cut you, but you see how much this is social condition? This is what I mean by social condition. When event or something yeah. happened to you and all of a sudden people react to you in a certain way, you react to them as well. Instead of, yeah. you know who you are. You know you are inside. and But automatically, oh shit, my yeah. face looks this. Yeah, I think, you know, I
1: think it's, I think at 23 years old, um, like what happened to me today, I, it would be a different story. But at 23 years old, you know, I don't really think I knew who I was at that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, dude, uh, it was just a, it was just a hard situation for somebody to deal with at that point in their life. Uh, you know, and 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 the reality is, like now, I I look at it like it wasn't that big of a deal. But it taught me a lot of things because um, what it did was it shifted in my perspective on on what I thought it was going to take uh, to live a normal life. Because I had an experience where I was in a grocery store and uh, I ran into a, a, a lady who had been burned from head to toe uh, in an airplane crash, and when I saw her, her the uh, The first thing she said to me is she's like, dude, what happened to your fucking face? Like she, she made like a joke about it, even though she was like, like a million times worse. She knew that like what I, she already knew what I had been through. And, um, and dude, like we sat and talked and we laughed and, you know, I learned about her and what happened to her and her, you know, her whole family had died in a plane crash and dude, she literally had a leg amputated. She was burned head to toe and, uh. And, dude, uh, you know, after that conversation, I realized, like, dude, you're you're choosing to make this bad. Like, I was choosing to, to feel bad about it. I was, I was choosing to see it as something that was negative. And it actually, that one conversation uh, changed my perspective so much that I was, like, almost instantly cured of, like, feeling bad or being depressed and this and that. And what I started to do is I started to look at the good shit about it. And the best thing about having scars all over your fucking face is that everybody remembers you. So I started to use it as, like, I started to realize and see it as a benefit. So, like, when I would go somewhere, I knew that they would always remember me because I had these scars. And when I started to see it as a benefit to what my ultimate goal was, dude, the game changed. You know, I went from somebody who, who, who was feeling depressed and feeling sorry and feeling like shit to, like, hey, dude, this is probably the best thing that could have ever happened to me. And when you can start to see the good and the bad, and you can start to just shift your perspective to what I learned from this instead of why did this happen to me in, in anything in life, then you become a pr- productive person. You, you become someone who is so um, so resilient and, and so full of grit that nobody can fucking stop you no matter what you do.
0: And I want to... Oh,
1: yeah, dude, that was like big turning point for
0: me. And for the people that listening here, uh, I want to tell you a little bit about how I see it. Because at that point you had a story, right? You had a story of, oh my God, I have scars. And the moment our life changes, the moment we change our story. And now we can change our story first of all somebody broke your patterns because you've been in a habit you've been in a habit of oh my god my life sucks you keep telling it to yourself and then all of a sudden a woman you don't know looks much worse than you and she interrupts your pattern she broke the pattern okay so once we break the pattern we can actually make a change and then you add better perspective when you saw her because whenever we have a belief Belief is nothing like a feel of certainty about what something means, right? So if I, I take an example for a table. So a table must have a tabletop, right? So this is all your past references, your perspective. And the more you have the, those tabletops, then your belief is more solid, it's more strong. And then you saw her and it changed your belief because you saw like, oh my God, if she looks like that and she's still alive and she is still happy, why can't I? Right? So, when we stand to change the story, pattern interrupt, and we have a better belief, then we can actually change everything in our life. 100%
1: agree, man. 100% agree.
0: So, what would be your legacy? That is a question that I always ask the people I interview. What would be Andy Forsella's legacy that you would like to leave long after you won't be here? (laughs)
1: that's ever lived in terms of helping people um, change their lives for the better. Uh, I want to be someone with my with my fitness companies that helps more people get where they want to be physically and health-wise than any other company. I want to be someone who, with my personal brand, uh, has helped people break out of, of traditional thinking and take control of their own existence uh, than anyone else that has ever lived, and you know that I have these things it's like that. The, the my podcast, the MF CEO project. It's called the motherfucking CEO project for a reason, because I want people to become the own, own CEO of themselves, and I want them to do it with swagger and with confidence and with the, with with belief in themselves. Which is why I say the motherfucking in front of me. Um, you know we have these little things that we use. Like I have this hashtag that I use, it's called three comma mafia. The, the reason I do that is not just because of a billion dollars has three commas, it's because to be truly successful, I want to impact a billion people in everything that I do. And people that focus on impact and people that focus on helping, people that focus on improving others, money is never are going to be a problem with them if they're genuinely doing it. So, um, I, I want my legacy to be the most impactful uh, individual in, in, in those two
0: areas. And this is, this is a, I believe is obsession, right? Because you you develop those obsessions. I, I first believe this it, it comes from desperation, when you're desperation for a change, so you find your answer because there is intellectual knowledge, but there is actual knowledge that you are actually emotionally attached to it Because if I ask you, Do you remember what you did on the 9-11? Yeah, of course. What did you do on the 9-11? Dude, I was
1: laying in, I was, I remember I was sleeping, and uh, back then they had answering machines, and I remember my mom calling and saying, hey, you need to wake up and get out of bed. A plane just flew into uh, the World Trade Center. So I got up, I went upstairs to my TV, I turned on the TV, and I sat there, and right as I turned it on, like, Uh, two minutes later the second plane ran into the tower like live on tv and uh and you know obviously like most people that that were watching i watched it for literally the whole day
0: and do you remember what happens the day after no (laughs) why because there was no emotion right because when we have emotion to something that we do or experience we will always remember this is why many people go to fucking college go study go learning but they just have intellectual uh, understanding they don't really have it emotionally because you only change you only can influence other if you are influenced you only can do more in your life if you actually get emotional attached to something and this is the only way so every person that hearing this, you gotta find whatever it is that you love to do uh, in, even if it starts with a like eventually it will become more and more but you gotta find something you're really obsessed about changing, either in yourself or in others, and the more you do it, the better you're gonna get and self-believe so, I, so I, I want. I really appreciate your time I know we are a little bit more from what we said so yeah. uh, I thank you, thank you very much for your time it was really honored honor to have you here on my podcast and sharing your own story so thank you. thank you very much
1: well, i appreciate you man thanks for having me on and you know, uh i know i'll
0: be more of you if you enjoyed this interview or any other one from the mind body podcast feel free to subscribe to my podcast at itunes spotify soundcloud and at my youtube channel also feel free to share this podcast on instagram by tagging the mind body podcast Do you want to be a part of the Mind Body Podcast? So remember the Fast Factor. The Fast Factor stands for 1. Facebook. Become a part of the Mind Body Podcast community by joining our Facebook community just by searching on Facebook the Mind Body Podcast Community. Number 2. Act. Don't just be a passive listener. Act upon what you've just learned by applying one simple thing from any episode or interview. 3. Subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or if you're visual like me, then just search The Body Podcast on YouTube. And number 4. Train others. Cause just like I always says, leaders create leaders, and you're all here to grow together and by training others, you're training yourself. So this is the fast factor, remember it. Facebook, act, subscribe and train others. Oh, and please feel free to leave a review which will engage all your VAC senses. And the VAC senses stands for visual, auditory and kinesthetic, which when you use all the three combined, you remember stuff much better. For more information about my coaching, public speaking, and taking your mind and body to all new levels, check my site at lidodayan.com. Till then, never ever forget to smile. See you soon.